you suffer from chronic hip, knee, or shoulder pain? Avoid drug dependency and surgery with Downtown's Healthcare in Denver. Downtown's Healthcare offers regenerative therapies that stimulate the body's self-healing process. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. Hello, everyone. It's that time for the J. Moore Tech Talk Show, where we answer questions about technology, explain the way they should work, and why they don't sometimes. And now here's your host, John C. Morley. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome once again to the J. Moore Tech Talk Show. It is another fun (laughs) <laughs> fabulous friday here on the jay moore tech talk show and again it's nice to see your smiling face marcus how are you doing this evening it's good to be part of the future <laughs> it it definitely is and um you know um this is one time when we actually look backwards to yeah. what's happening when we talk about the 20 21 olympics it's really the 2020 olympics <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, but we have a lot to talk about on this show. And um, one thing that really caught my eye was the Olympic, I'm going to call it the 2020 because that's what it is, um, cauldron. And that's spelled C-A-U-L-D-R-O-N. Uh, they call it a vision of beauty and the future. And at the end of the opening ceremonies of the Tokyo 2020 Olympics, uh, Mr. Uh, was it Nayami Akasaka, he lit the Olympic cauldron as a white ball peeled open like a flower. And that metal set of petals just reflected the light of the ignited Olympic flame. It was pretty cool. Yeah. 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 That, I mean, that was, it is absolutely beautiful. Uh, it's, it's a real great structure. Uh, and um, designed by a Japanese company, by the way, too, you know, so um, yes, really, really impressive. Yes, it was designed by uh, Nendo, uh, helmed by a Canadian-born Japanese named Okasato. Uh, the cauldron is a scintillating sight, is how they define it. And most Olympiads, the flame remains in the cauldron for the extent of the games. But in the 2020, uh, they had this little bit of the flame uh, that was moved into a small lantern. And then it was uh, uh, basically transported about uh, 13 kilometers to the other stadium, to the bridge that connected the two man-made islands in Tokyo Bay, which, you know, is where they did the run. So I'm guessing that's why they did that, because they wanted to have the Olympic spirit in both places. They call it the Great Bridge of Dreams. Yeah, that uh, that's that's truly you know um, really symbolic there uh, in in terms of what they did, and um, uh, the fact that you know um, what we know about this one is um, it's not the same one that um, uh, Naomi um, right. It's not it's not the same one that Naomi uh, uh, Osaka ignited. It's a replica of about one third the size of the one uh, still at the National Stadium. Yeah. Yeah, but it's still, you know, in its glory, uh, it's still pretty, pretty beautiful. And I, I just wonder, you know, what the NFT is going to sell on this thing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. When we talk about crypto. <laughs> it, it, exactly. And, you know, uh, according to the stadium designer, uh, Kengo Kuma, these names are really killing me. The yeah. cauldron wasn't in the original uh, specifications. And so he just said that he would... Um, 
try to do it uh, like other Olympiads where the cauldron was situated inside the stadium during the opening ceremony and then moved. Hmm. And the fuel that was keeping this uh, puppy burning, was, people were asking, um, was hydrogen. It was okay. not propane. Good. It's a cleaner burning gas that represents Japan's drive to become a carbon neutral by 2050. So everyone thought it was propane, but I'm like, how could how could um, you know Japan be doing propane? And sure enough, they're not. No, it's it's this very Japan like, um, and you know they they are like at the the they are the front front for you know being a carbon neutral uh, country. So, uh, you know, um, especially when you think about their, you know, their many few cell vehicles that they that they yep. have uh, used to transport many of the athletes and officials. So, you know, it's, it's very, very much so, you know, uh, in, in terms of the culture, what they're doing. It, it's uh, it's very interesting. And, you know, you wouldn't appreciate this just by looking at it because the flame didn't look different than a propane flame from far away. It really didn't look that much different. So definitely, um, I mean, it really wowed a lot of people. And uh, what I liked is uh, how they did the closing ceremonies. You know, when the um, person gets up and it's a very sad time and he says, I declare uh, the 2020 Olympics now, um, Summer Olympics now closed. And then that's when they slowly went around and then that cauldron's um, Basically, we'll just kind of spun very slowly, kind of collapsing into like the the ball that it was in. And it was so it started going out. And as the pedal started like to come together as it was rotating, the cauldron was basically all extinguished before the last pedal came in. Wow. That was that was that was pretty unique. But speaking yeah. about unique things, we're always talking about robotics and technology and all kinds of great things. But here's something we've never, ever talked about before. Well, probably because it never was around before. Uh, how about robotic pollinators? <laughs> yeah, this is... Uh, who, who needs the bees, right? <laughs> A $1 million grant is going to help researchers explore the use of robotic bees for crop pollination. So Washington State University researchers are leading the team to explore the use of robotic pollinators to assist fruit farmers. And the project has just received a three-year grant totaling nearly $1 million from the United States Department, of course, of Agriculture through the Washington State Department of Agriculture. What immediately jumps out at me, John, and, you know, I, I know you're going to have a little bit more insight than I will. You know, it's like, you know, do you think we're going to see more of these type of uh, projects come pop up like this where the Department of Agriculture is investing in this type of cut age? Well, the thing is, the thing is this. It all comes down to money, Marcus, right? It yeah. comes down to supply and demand, and it comes down to a cost. I mean, that's what everything comes down to, unfortunately. Yeah. And my concern is that these are going to pop up a lot more. And I don't mind that they're doing this. Uh, I mean, I think it's a great idea. I mean, it's definitely different to take it away from nature and do it, you know, robotically. <laughs> but um, I just feel that there's got to be a limit with this. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Uh, there's certain things in nature that you're just not going to want to be robotic. And I know why they're doing it. I get it. 
just like, you know, we talked about the drones that would help, uh, you know, spray uh, the crops and stuff like that. And I get those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But this is really on the edge. And I don't want to say I'm against it. Um, I'm not in love with this idea. I feel that, you know, nature is nature. And I feel like we're kind of messing with nature. Yeah. When you talk about things that uh, nature naturally does on its, on, on its, on its own and, and it kind of balances out on its own, you know, it, it is kind of getting in the way of that. And we, we're trying to speed things up a bit, you know, uh, Well, they claim, Marcus, the only reason that they're doing it, I don't know if it's true or not, because, you know, the numbers they give us are never really true. Uh, They claim that they're doing this because um, the USB population has been struggling. I didn't even know this since the mid uh, 2000s. Wow. With colonies collapsing and facing the threat of a deadly uh, now Asian giant hornet or murder hornet. And they've been spotted in Washington State and British Columbia. So. I don't know. I mean, I I get the idea and where it's going, but I don't know who to believe. And a robotic pollinator could provide, as I'll say, and I'll quote, a stable and efficient process, according to the, you know, the WSU scientists. But researchers elsewhere have been developing flying drones and brush wielding uh, wheeled robots to pollinate crops in 2018. So it's a little bit different. Uh, Walmart applied for a patent for an unmanned vehicle crop pollinator. I mean, this is just getting a little crazy, if you ask me. Yeah, it, it, it is getting on, getting the least, none the least, uh, on the edge of creepy and you know sci- science fiction, you know, uh, coming to life. And you know, we know how those movies turned out. We do, but the other interesting thing, you know, when we talk about robots, okay, and robots have two types of um, let's call thinking. One is an athletic type brain and one is more of a human brain like you and I have. So an athletic brain is something that actually helps the robot to be able to do agile things, such as there was a very famous robot, I'm sure you remember, uh, with the Japanese uh, that cost quite a few pennies. And uh, this robot had been around by a company called Boston Dynamics. You may be familiar with them. And so they make all these great little robots and they do things for the military and the different armed forces. And I think it's great, but there's something that really bothers me. I watched the show the other day. I think it was on 60 Minutes. And uh, what bothers me is not that they're doing this. What bothers me is when they talk to the CEO and we found out this is not the first set of ownership. It's like the third. And also when they asked about the cost and they asked, you know, what they're doing, like their latest project was having the robots dance. So they asked a question, well, how long did that take? And they said about 18 months. So knowing what we know and what it costs to have all these robot engineers programming these robots, that's a lot of wasted resources and money. Yes, and for these projects to drag drag out as, as long as they do, sometimes, um, you know, just just to ultimately have an AI or a robot replace you know, a job. Uh, exactly, and you know what he said? He said something very interesting, and I'm going to quote. Um, they asked if if they if they have any plans, like what this is going to be in the market and how they're going to make money. He says. Um, he says, was a prophet? He says, no, but we had fun. <laughs> we had fun. 
<laughs> now, getting robots to dance, I don't think is worth millions of dollars in no. research. He says, but yes, now we know how to do things so we can apply it to other things. I don't know. I don't just buy, I don't buy that. I think there's better use of our time. Yeah. Look what happened, Marcus, in the fast food industry. I'm not a fast food person, but let's look what happened with the fast food industry. They were trying to retrofit all these restaurants, whether it was Wendy's, Burger King's, all the fast food restaurants. Uh, Kentucky Richard, they were trying to set these up so they could have these robots, but they have to retrofit the kitchens. And then a human could not be working there with the robots there because the, the, the human needs different handles. The robot just plugs in with a peg and lifts it. Mm-hmm. So that was a real waste of money. <laughs> yeah, and then I, I don't think the pollinator is going to be a waste of money. I think people are going to pay for that, and I think it's different. But I'm very disappointed with Boston Dynamics. I mean, they're doing a lot of great things. I think they're hoping that the government was going to order more, but the government's really not putting a lot of money into them. They're ordering a couple things, but they're really not ordering a lot. Yeah, and when you look at just this example right here, a million dollars is not really a lot. You know, compared to like the, the 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 billions of dollars that you know we we hear thrown around lately, you know, during the pandemic for the, the, the yeah, and they and just they just find reasons to do something else or create money or unemployment or do something. And it's like yeah. they don't really solve the problem, Marcus. I mean, if somebody gets a cut, right? You know, y- you put a band aid on it, okay? And yes, it's the, the, the cut eventually heals, hopefully. But you know, that solves the problem. That's the only place you can use a band aid. But if you try to band-aid another type of solution in life, it's not fixing it. It's just temporarily delaying it from breaking or from not working. I don't know. We're going to have to see where they're going with it because it's a lot of money, and I don't think they're going to be around. If they get another company, they're going to get somebody from Japan or somebody going to come on board and I don't think they're going to want them building robots that dance and sing. But my point is, is that you could take these robots and you can push them any way. Just mm-hmm. like if you pushed yourself, you would move to to readjust. And you can push them, push them pretty hard. I get that. But I don't get the demonstration of why we need to have them dancing. I mean, I don't with music and yeah, I don't know. It's very silly. Yeah, it's very silly. It's absolutely crazy. Yeah. But, you know, um, we've been talking about, about spyware, um, you know, and um, recently spyware has become even more of a problem. And uh, iPhones, uh, you can now detect spyware on iPhones for free um, using device managers app iMazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually Pegasus software. And uh, it can now be detected um, it's called Pegasus Spyro, and it can now be detected on an iPhone using this free tool without requiring any coding skills. Uh, and it's actually a Geneva, Switzerland-based DigiDNA, and it's updated its iOS device manager. Uh, iMazing has spyware detection features that can be used to detect Pegasus. Now, my question, Marcus, is why the heck would you put out a piece of software that's going to detect spyware for free? Yeah. <laughs> I just don't yeah, like I don't, the, I don't like, like the smell of this. Yeah, this is not this is not right. Th- this just seems like yeah. I don't know, privacy experts are praising the tool, but but what are they doing with the data? Who knows? Maybe they're making something worse. Yeah. 
I don't know. I, th I think that's crazy. It, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, but I think a lot of people are being very um, trusting. Yeah. You know? There's too much optimism around this, and, you know, it's, it's, it's just a setup. You know, it's a setup for disappointment in the end. So another thing that's been happening is, you know, we'll talk about the Generation Z. We don't talk about the generations too much. Um, and uh, they're generally right now uh, between six and 24-year-olds. Uh, Generation Z, you know, we talk about, um, you know, we talk about the millennials, uh, which is uh, basically a little bit, little bit greater. I mean, you're talking in the 20s to mid-20s to like, you know, 30s roughly uh but the generation z is kind of overlapping and um currently they're between six and 24 years of age and this is uh as of the 21st of july we're saying there were about 68 million in the united states do you suffer from chronic hip, knee, or shoulder pain? Avoid drug dependency and surgery with Downtown's Healthcare in Denver. Downtown's Healthcare offers regenerative therapies that stimulate the body's self-healing process. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. And so the interesting thing about them, because if we compare, you know, what, what age, uh, let's say, are uh, millennials, and if we think about millennials, they're about 25 to 40. So, you know, before millennials were always said to be around the 20s to 30s, but they've extended it now, Marcus, to the 40s. Yeah. So that means that <laughs> technically people like before I wouldn't be considered a millennial, but now people in their 40s are considered millennials. I think this has a lot to uh, do with like the wide use of technology now within this um, okay. generation and and just uh, pop culture in, in general. And and how much involved like you know people in this within these age ranges you know are starting to like share a lot of a lot of the similarities. I, I think you're right. And the other thing is that you know the generation, uh, let's say the millennial generation, they were always like you know we're different, but you know they're not much different than than the other generation. I mean they tried to say they are. One thing I have to say about a lot of the millennials, with, uh, and I'm sorry if you're watching, uh, is that um, not all of them, but most of they always look for an easy way out. Um, and they don't do things for money, Marcus, which is okay. They do things for the way of doing something because they want to do something because it doesn't exist. Similar to my philosophy, which is I always say, if it doesn't exist, I'm going to build it. But they also have a nasty side to them. And that's the fact that they just want to do what they can to get ahead, but they don't care who they step on. Millennials are also very known, Marcus, for switching their job six to ten times. Yeah. A millennial is not a good person to hire. I mean, we're equal opportunity employer, but they're not a great person to hire because they flip. I think the way you got to motivate a millennial to say, hey, here's, here's your bonus, but you got to hang around 15 years for it. Yeah, you kind of kind of do them like the army does for the bonus, you know. You be, <laughs> be at a certain amount of years. <laughs> so speaking about Generation Z, which is where we are right now, uh, Generation Z is uh, starting to claim the uh, emojis back again. So again, Generation Z. So because they're broadening that, and now myself being in that scope, uh, and I, and I'm starting to see that I don't go crazy with emojis, but I do see a little more use of them. Um, it's growing in generations and it's dividing around how many emojis are used and interpreted based on 
a person's age group and demographic. Now, that's not how old you are, but the age and demographic of the people you hang around. Hmm. So if you're in your mid or late 40s, as I am, and let's say you're doing that, but now you're associating with people that are in their 30s, okay? They're going to have, or late 30s, they're going to be more emoji. They're going to be more text happy. I remember um, a friend of mine that I'm going to tell you was probably at the time about, what would I say? He was born, was probably right around, was probably around 15 years younger than me. And he had the philosophy, Marcus, that uh, two philosophies. One is he didn't like people. He didn't like people. And everything always, I don't want to say had to be his way, but he just had this way about him. And he just didn't like people unless they were making him money. And I always passed the joke to him. I said, well, gee, what am I? He says, well, you're, you're different. You're not a people. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I guess I take it as a compliment. But my point is, is that they're very brash and they're very rude. I don't think they mean to be this way, but they're rude son of a guns. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, so, so if you're – and the big thing I notice is that with them – they're text happy, Marcus. If you're not into texting with them, well, you better get a new life. <laughs> so, like, for example, we were going to go somewhere, and he, the person said to me, oh, John, don't call me. Don't call you? No, text me. And so we're having this text conversation back and forth, and finally I'm like, I don't know about you, but I don't really feel like texting my phone. Can we talk on the phone? Oh, I can't. And you know why they can't, Marcus? Because they're trying to multitask. Right. And this is the one problem I have with the younger millennials. These are the millennials that are probably below 40. Uh, they just believe that they can do what they can. And they're always, I don't want to say trying to beat the boss, but like there was a gentleman, he worked from home. And he was right away trying to do everything and sneak in and then get back all before the office knew he was gone. I mean, he got a 30 minute lunch or an hour lunch, but he was still trying to like beat it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And trying so yeah. what's that? Trying to game the system. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the other thing I don't like about them, and this yeah. kind of goes off on a, on a conversation, it's generational hiring. But one thing I don't like about them is that, they just have a way, let's say somebody is a little bit younger than them, okay? So we got a millennial in their 30s, and now you got somebody in their 20s. Here's what they're going to do, Marcus. Uh, let's say, and, and my friend was a financial person, and let's say now they need him to do spreadsheets and Excel sheets and charts. And now let's say they have to prepare the report. And now let's say they bring it to the boss for the meeting. If there's something wrong with it, Oh, yeah, that's the intern. I gave it to Joe. He, did, he didn't really know what he was doing. Okay. Now, when, oh, well, you know, this was an amazing report. You really put detail. I know. I have lots of experience when it comes to Excel, and I really looked at our projections, and I wanted to make sure they were impressive for you and for our clients when they didn't do a darn bit of work on it, Marcus. Right. And so, I don't know, I find out, that eventually will come and bite them in the rear. Yeah. Because 
they're going to be asked to do something. And, and I see it in, in my own business, Marcus. I, I usually will test people a little bit, but then what I'll do is I'll trust them and I'll hire them. And then what I'll find out is I'll ask them to do something. And I'll make sure nobody else is around. And when they can't do it, I know that they're really not able to do the job. And usually I don't fire them, Marcus. What I do is I just make them quit. Because I just give them more work like that. I'm like, well, your whole, your job's going to be nothing but that now. And you know what happens? They quit. Yeah. Instead of telling me, hey, John, I don't know how to do this. Well, they could learn, right? But they don't want to swallow their pride. Yeah. That's terrible. I know yeah. that that got off on our conversation, but what I was trying to get on there was uh, the, the millennials, you know, that they're using emojis, but some people are using emojis too much. And the last topic, because I could go on this emoji talk for hours, um, there's G emojis, there's PG emojis, PG-13, there's R, there's X emojis. And so, and there's also what I want to call um, texting slang and texting language, Right. You know, there's a book, Marcus, you can buy. I, I remember this when he was texting me, and I was like, what is he texting me? And I was like, because it wasn't something I was commonly hearing. I mean, we hear LOL, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, I always, I, I use one all the time, uh, TY or TYL. Mm -hmm. People are like, what's that? Talk to you later? Like, they don't get it. But then they'll send me something like, uh, call me back, C-M-B-T. And I was like, what the heck is that? <laughs> call me back tomorrow. Call me back tomorrow. Why don't you just say C-B or C-B-T? Uh, call me back, like all these extra, like, I think they try to make things more complicated than they are, Marcus. Yeah. I think they try, and I don't want to be disrespectful to them if they're listening, but I think a lot of them, just try to appear more intelligent than they are. Mm -hmm. They're already intelligent, but they're trying to show off. Yeah. So, you know, when you've got different generations working together, it's not an easy thing. And uh, if you can't manage texting or slacking and stuff like that, you're just not going to work well with them. Because that person that's doing your work is never going to pick up the phone with you. You're going to have to communicate in their language. Yeah. And that's a problem for some employees. Oh, I don't text. I mean, think of my own parents, right? They, they don't really text, but their friends text them and say, hey. Uh, and then my mom like, oh, you have to text, teach me how to text. And I was like, I'm happy to teach you. But every time I sit down to teach you, you always tell me you're tired and you had enough. And we've only been doing it for 10 minutes. And it's like, well, we'll take time and you don't show me. I'm like, well, I do, but you're not. Well, just teach me. I'm trying. Like, there's things you've got to memorize. There's things you got to do. All right. Well, I, maybe I could take a course online. Well, you can't really take a course online how to text. I don't think there's a course online yet for that. But who knows? There might be one. Who knows? Um, but there's a book, Texting Slang. Yeah. And you can literally find out whether this is something that, uh, you know, what somebody's saying and what they really found out, to be honest with you, is that um, when people were texting, it was parents, they were using all these terms. 
sometimes dating terms, and they had no clue what they meant. And <laughs> they got this book. <laughs> that's a disaster. <laughs> that was a complete disaster. I like to call that code. Yeah, that's code. <laughs> you know, it's like a it's like a hieroglyphics. And uh, you know, it's like and 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 I remember one time somebody says, Oh, yeah, that just meant that and and that I don't want to say the person was stupid, but they were like giving the parent the whole playbook. And I'm like, I don't think you should be sharing that with them. Like, you know, like, like, oh, that just means she's a oh, was I not supposed to say that? <laughs> and I'm just, <laughs> so my point here is that working, we'll have more conversation, but working with millennials and technology, it's challenging. There is a great uh, synergy with them, but there's also that attitude where they got to be right or they got to let you know something, Marcus. And I don't know, that just doesn't wash well with me. So my first thing is, are you a team player? Everybody could say they're a team player, right? Right. As soon as you bring a team in, oh, I don't want to work with him. I don't want to work with her. Oh, I'll work on a team, but I don't want to be in the same room with them. Or I'll do a team play. I'll team with them, but I'll email them. Well, that's not really a team. Or I'll team with them if we can just slack or we can just, you know, message each other. Well, that's not really being a team player. No, not at all. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> man, <laughs> I can just... <laughs> It, it, it's amazing how the values of the different generations are kind of changing. And the biggest thing I've learned from the millennial generation is that they don't want what most of us like you and I want when we're in a job. Of course, we want to do well. We want to please people. We would like to make money. But they're not into it for that. That's not their primary reason. They're into it because they want to show somebody something. Or they yeah. want to prove something. And then if you don't respect them, they'll turn around and screw you by trying to start their own company to do what you do. That's. Yeah, I've seen a lot of that. You know, it's, it's, it's very, it's very just like, you know, very disgusting, you know, um, very disgusting behavior. And, you know, I, it, it shows and this like, is why, Marcus, yeah. people say to me, why don't you trust people? And I said, well, we treat everybody the same, but you have to understand that when you've been burnt, you have to still treat everybody the same. But the people that are getting the most pissed off about it are the millennials, not the older right. people. They say, oh, why should I have to deal with this? Or I have a degree from Harvard, or I have a degree from Fordham, or I have a degree from Harvard, or I have a degree from, okay, who cares? I have a philosophy, Marcus, you know what it's called? It's called work or get fired. <laughs> that That's my philosophy. And when I tell people that, they're like, oh, you can't do that. I'm like, you're discriminating. On what basis? Well, I don't know, but I'm going to talk to my lawyer. I'll find out. But you're discriminating. I know you are. Do you suffer from chronic hip, knee, or shoulder pain? Avoid drug dependency and surgery with Downtown's Healthcare in Denver. Downtown's Healthcare offers regenerative therapies that stimulate the body's self-healing process. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're just asking you to do work. That's part of the job description. Yeah, but you're discriminating. Am I being rude to you? No, but you're discriminating. I'll figure out how. And then they never come back. They usually just quit. I think when they realize that they're not all that or that when they can't do something. I remember one time we had a millennial and they used the law because they thought the law was going to be able to get them out of trouble and they were going to fabricate a story to the police. Oh, wow. And they paid their hard-earned money to a law firm to create a BS case. And you know eventually what's going to happen, Mark. It's going to blow up in your face. But all the people you expose and all the people's lives that you mess up, even if it's temporarily, they just don't realize that you can't lie about things. You can't just do something. And unfortunately, the police say they don't believe you. But this is what's weird about it, Marcus. They have to act upon it. Mm-hmm. So I don't believe you, but why would I act upon it if I don't believe you? Like, that's just like an oxymoron. Yeah, totally. I mean, well, we don't believe you, but we have to act upon it for everyone's safety. And they just make up these stories so they can get this false protection. And they think they can just use the law to be like their, I don't know, tattletale police. <laughs> You know, I mean, we were taught many years ago, you, you don't tattletale on people. If it's something major, there's a situation, but you just don't tell on your friends. But when they're just making these things up and they're just using the police or the law to try to protect them because they have an insecurity about themselves. Mm-hmm. And now they try to put that off on you or me. That's not really fair. No, that's that's totally what it is, and you nailed it. You know, the key the key word there is insecurity. You know, it's a lot of insecurity nowadays. They will just do whatever they need to do to save their rear end, and I don't mean they're in trouble, but I mean save themselves because they'd rather save their pride. They'll waste all kinds of money, but when they start realizing that now they started this legal battle. They can't just flip a switch and end it. You have to go through the process. And you can see how huffy and puffy they get, but the court doesn't respond very well to that. No, not at all. I mean, you're the one that started this Geraldo Rivera show or this whatever show. You know? and, 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 it, and it's a shame. I don't see it with people my generation or younger, uh, or I say older. You know what I'm saying? You don't just fabricate a story. You, you just don't do that. So that's why I've lost a little respect for them. Not all of them, but I've seen too many of them just try to, like you say, this disgusting behavior. Yeah. They don't understand being on time. That's not everybody. But I share this with our listeners because if you are a millennial and you have other millennial friends and they want you to act like this or they act like this, I'm here to tell you it's not cool. And you might think it's great because they're going to get you the beer because you're going to act like that, like as a fraternity or uh, fraternity. But it's just not the way that you're going to be regarded. And maybe you're going to get up the ladder quite a while. I got to tell you something. When push comes to shove, 
you're going to have to demonstrate something on your own someday. Right. And when people find out you can't do it, you're not going to fall one or two rungs. You're going to fall all the way down. I don't care what kind of degree you have. doesn't matter. They're just lazy, Marcus. That's the problem. They're lazy. You got that right. <laughs> but I don't know what happened because the parents aren't lazy. I don't know what caused it. Uh, and then they try all these fangled things. I had another gentleman that he can't with a weird price to do something. It was an organizer to come in and organize some things. The job should have been 200 bucks, right? You know what his job, his price is going to be? 1500 Oh, jeez. So, but here's the thing. He complains he doesn't get work. You know why he doesn't get work? His price is 10 times, uh, five times higher than what it should be. Yeah, but I'm good. Good doing what? Well, I'm a professional organizer. How many jobs do you have? Well, I do it for my grandfather, and I do it for my father, and I do it for my mother. Okay, and how many paying jobs do you have? Well, I don't have any clients yet, but I'm really good. <laughs> you can't make that up, Marcus. I'm not sure if we lost feed on you there for a moment. Uh, hopefully, you'll be back uh, in a minute or two. Uh, we're going to move on to our next topic. I hope you guys have learned a lot there about millennials and some of the good and some of the bad. Uh, hopefully, Marcus will be back with us in just a moment. Looks like we're having a little bit of uh, transmission issues uh, from the remote studio. Talk a little about Sony. So Sony has a new SRS XP700. And um, you can now get up to 30 hours of battery life. And this was launched in India not too long ago, in case you're wondering the price tag. Uh, it's been set at 32,990 rupees. So if you're wondering, because I know everybody's saying, but John, how many rupees is that? So if you take 32,000 rupees and you convert them to U.S. dollars, you're going to actually come up with $443.20. So that's a little bit of a price tag there. Uh, hopefully, Marcus will be joining us back in a little bit. Like I said, I know we're having some uh, transmission issues here. Um, so imagine that. And uh, $443, I mean, for a speaker, for $443.20. Um, or if you're in um, India, just 32,990 rupees. It's supposedly this neat little speaker. It has some colors on it. Um, it launched just recently, and it's supposed to be able to deliver some mega bass uh, to enhance your current bass effect. The speaker also includes a live sound mode as well as a carry feature to use them for karaoke or maybe as a guitar amplifier or whatever you'd like to do. Um, the Sony's uh, XP700 uh, also comes with a front and a rear tweeter as well as two woofers that joint produce a surround sound experience that uh, their company calls, and I correct, uh, uh, quote, omnidirectional party sound. Uh, definitely an amazing, uh, amazing thing there. And, um, you know, I'm not sure if it's really worth that amount of money. You know, that that's my whole uh, thing. I don't really know if it's worth uh, that amount of money or not. Because it's just something that um, I don't know. I just I just not finding it. Uh, so like I said, hopefully uh, Marcus uh, will be back soon. Again, there we're having transmission issues. I'm hoping uh, he will be back. I'm not sure 
how the weather is out there in the remote studio, but hopefully he'll be joining us uh, before we close in a little bit. But that's definitely an interesting thing, uh, you know, to pay that kind of money for that type of speaker. And, um, you know, Sony is saying, you know, that, uh, you know, they're saying that the 700 delivers 25 hours. Uh, the original uh, PR. Um, okay, it looks like he, uh, looks like Marcus will be back in just a moment. Uh, so we'll we'll keep the stage hot for him till he gets back. And so I don't know. This seems like um, it's not very big of a unit, and it does sound like a pretty. Um, Pretty high price tag for what it is. Uh, it actually measures 313 millimeters. So if you were to convert, just so you guys know, because they do everything in millimeters, if we convert 330 millimeters to uh, inches, uh, that's going to come down just into uh, 12 inches. So it's just about a foot, a little over a foot. I don't know. So you got uh, a foot by roughly two and a half feet um by maybe a foot and a half that's not a very big unit not a very big unit at all anyway uh another interesting thing that's been hitting the news right is can cryptocurrency actually be hacked stolen or scammed i mean can it be um that's a very interesting thing because, you know, everyone, their mother and their brother and their cousin and their, um, let's say, brother-in-law and sister-in-law, uh, they're not regulated. And it makes users extremely vulnerable to many of the daily scams. So cryptocurrency, especially we know Bitcoin, Ethereum, uh, now there's Dogecoin. Uh, they've taken our world uh, almost blind in the last year. And um, they're saying that they're becoming more mainstream now and allowing users to buy goods and services with them and trade them for pro profit like real currency. Uh, but it's it's a problem. And uh, in May of uh, just this past year, 2021, the FTC Federal Trade Commission reported that scammers are impersonating Elon Musk as he had stolen over 2 million, roughly 14.63 C-R-O-R-E, or we call cryptocurrency, since October 20th. And the U.S. Uh, consumer Protection Body, body uh, revealed that nearly 7,000 people have been defrauded of their money in digital currencies. That's an awful lot. Uh, but how can you avoid scams? Well, one thing is, you, know, you don't want to just go to any site. You don't want to just buy from anybody. I think that's probably the biggest problem. You, you, you definitely don't want to just buy from anybody. You want to make sure you're getting them from a viable source, and, uh, you know, you know who you're you're dealing with, that they are uh, pretty much reputable. And the company you're buying from is obviously reputable because a lot of people, there's brokers, there's agents, and there's so many turning up over the sun. The problem that I see is that everybody sees this as a get rich quick scheme. So if an individual company or a group of people promise you a guaranteed payout, for example, or will double your amount in X days, it's a scam. So there's no single entity that can claim to be in control of how an entire industry will behave. So has someone promised you free money? Possibilities that they have? Are they trying to trick you? At no cost, should you trust them and deal with them? Probably not. Before you think of trusting someone, do some research. 
Look for the name of the company on Google. Check the reviews and see if they've been accused of any scams earlier or if they've been complaints filed with the Better Business Bureau or Consumer Protection Acts, uh, agency offices. Uh, you know, traders store their digital assets on crypto wallets. And um, you'll note that when scammers want to invade you, they always tell you to come with um, basically, uh, you know, Bitcoin or they tell you to come with usually um, random uh, uh, gift cards because a lot of times they can't be tracked. I don't know. I think we got to be careful about it. But the other important thing is that um, monies are still going to be needed to be paid for the income on them. So that's been another little um, caveat. And hot wallets that are always connected to the internet because that's what a, what a, what these e-wallets are. So, you know, you have to be cognizant about what's going on and avoid any threats of hacking. And I always recommend two-factor authentication because you can never really know if somebody didn't get a hold of your account. And if you're just using email or something, they could hack that. So don't use your email as a two-factor, whatever you do. Make sure you have a true two-factor, like a like a, a Google Authenticator or a Microsoft Authenticator or other Authenticator app. And um, that's what I recommend because uh, this is a tragedy. Tragedy. What's what's going on here? And um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see you know what's happening. But I think the biggest challenge is that there's so many that are, you know, just dying to do it, and they don't really know why but their friends are doing it and then i've known people that have put money into cryptocurrency and they've lost so much right they've lost so much but it's starting to change a little bit because the regulations are starting to pop up uh like i said hopefully marcus uh, will be back with us soon um so we can close out our show pretty soon but um It's definitely something that you've got to think about. If somebody you don't know just tells you to go buy cryptocurrency, be leery about it. And also understand what the conversion ratio uh, of uh, of it is. You know what I'm saying? That's really important. Um, I think what you're going to find is that a lot of these companies is they're unregulated investment companies. And they are not reliable and abuse the regulations. So you want to make sure um, that you stay away from investment companies uh, that are anonymous as they can just disappear anytime without notice. And so um, some websites may be suspicious. Um, scam detectors um, you know, can offer reviews of businesses if you want and can track things. But the thing with a lot of these uh, is they have things like G999 coins. And now with some companies, it's not a pyramid scam. It, it looks like a scam uh, with things like teams and things like that and lack of information with some of them and using buzzwords like that that can really... Uh... HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive, who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm gonna do this to protect myself. Do it for them, do it for you, Montgomery County.
Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforumc.org. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforumc.org. Her people, and it looks like... Uh... It looks like uh, Marcus has actually got a uh, thunderstorm near his studio over there, so uh, we may not uh, we may not be able to see him. Um, let me see if he's going to join us again. Um, if he's able, uh... but again, just be careful is what I'm telling you. Uh, Alibaba, who I'm sure you all know about, Alibaba, well. Alibaba fires a manager who allegedly sexually assaulted a female staffer. Yeah, that's that's pretty bad. Uh, this Chinese e-commerce giant, Alibaba Group Holding is what it's called, fired a manager who allegedly sexually assaulted a female employee and um, is uh, establishing policies to prevent sexual harassment in the future. Um this is what uh, the chief executive, Daniel Zhang, said uh, this past week. And so um, the manager at Alibaba's uh, city, they have a retail unit, which offers grocery delivery from local supermarkets, um, has been fired and will never be rehired. Wow. That's pretty bad. Um, Zhang said in a memo published on Alibaba's internet, that was seen with routers and the man had told management there were intimate acts. And I quote, so with employees, uh, when she was, uh, basically inebriated or drunk, Zhang said in the memo, adding that the police is investigating the matter. And, um, you know, routers was unable to reach the individual for comment. Of course you knew that. And I want to make another quote. Uh, Alibaba group has a zero tolerance policy against sexual misconduct and is ensuring a safe workplace for all uh, our employees is Alibaba's top priority, close quote. So a company spokesperson told Routers when they were asked about the memo. But um, another thing I wanna quote, over the weekend, a female staffer posted an 11-page account on Alibaba's intranet in which she said her supervisor and a client sexually assaulted her while on a business trip and that managers had failed to take action. That's pretty serious. So, you know, it's hard to understand if this is true or not. We don't know. I mean, more hopefully will come out. Um, I also want to quote, Zhang also said, uh, Alibaba strongly opposed to the ugly culture of forced drinking. So, you know, regardless of the gender, as they said, whether it is a request made by a customer, as I quote, or supervisor or employee, um, they're empowered to reject it. Zhang said to the memo, and that was another quote. And the last quote I want to give you from them is, this incident is a humiliation for all Alibaba employees. We must rebuild and we must change, he said. And um, I don't know, ladies and gentlemen, I feel that um, it's hard, especially when you have people and you can't keep track of things going on. And so when you have just one or two people you know that are a loose link, that could be a very, very serious, serious problem.
I mean, really serious problem. Uh, I'm happy that Zhang is uh, on top of this, Mr. Daniel Zhang. Uh, but again, I can't believe anything anybody says until I actually see them take action. So I'm just going to say right there. I love what he said, but I don't believe anybody until I actually see action being taken. Well, uh, YouTube is uh, testing a new drag and hold gesture for controlling video playback. Yep. YouTube um, only allowed skipping or rewinding a video by tapping on the left or right half of the video player. So now YouTube is reportedly testing this new slide to seek feature for forwarding and rewinding videos uh, on its Android and its iOS apps. So users will be able to use a drag and hold gesture to skip to their favorite parts of the video. Pretty interesting. You know, slide left or right to speak. Um, so they're trying different things and, um, we'll have to just see kind of what happens. Okay. So Marcus is going to join us in just a minute so we can, uh, wrap up with him. beauty of using slack <laughs> uh sometimes when weather is a challenge uh that can be a slight problem right so with all <clears throat> with all this going on i'm very thankful to have my water at my desk <laughs> it's amazing because you know everything you hear about today is about a persuasion right you know, we talked about uh, millennials and, you know, they said that millennials were typically anyone born between 1981 and 1996. That was what they said. Um, but so millennials, just to give you the, the heads up here, millennials are 1981 to 1996. So that's basically to 40. Uh, a Generation X is 1965 to 1980. Boomers 2 is in 1955 to 1964. So again, a Generation X would be someone 41 to 56. A Boomers would be 57 to 66. And if you're a Generation Z, well, that means you're only 9 to 24 years old. And you're basically, we're born between 1997 and 2012. Um, the thing that I've noticed a lot with these different generations is people are looking for identity to their previous generation and older generation, but sometimes they don't get the right information. Uh, we'll see if Marcus is gonna join us here. Hopefully he'll be back in a moment. Doing this all real time, so hopefully he'll be back here in a moment. But before I do wrap up the show, and we'll do give Marcus just a second to, to join us back again, I think it comes down to this, ladies and gentlemen. It comes down to understanding culture. It come down, comes down to understanding your value as a person. And you've heard me say this once before. Um, oh, here he is. Welcome back, Marcus. How are you? We, we missed you for a few moments there. So you have some bad weather there. Yeah, I got some bad weather going on here. What do you have, thunderstorms? Yeah, it's thunderstorm, real bad, severe thunderstorms. 
Well, we're just wrapping up. So we were just talking about the new feature that YouTube's going to be launching. They're, they're testing out beta on the Android and the um, iOS devices to allow you to skip forward by uh, just scrolling back and scrolling forward. That's going to be a slide function. They're, they're testing that out. So we'll see when they're going to roll that out. But we we're just kind of wrapping up with everybody uh, and talking about two things, which was, you know, the different generations, regardless of what the generations are, you know, it's important that everybody understands that they need to all understand their culture. They need to all understand who they are as a person. And I think sometimes the generations and cross generations get blurred because their identities, they look for somebody usually older than them. And when they do that, and that generation does not have the right message, it kind of destroys them. Yeah. And so the generation that they're supposed to be or act like gets changed because of what somebody else says. And I always think, to be honest with you, it's best to learn about your generation from your generation. So, you know, if you have somebody that's a, a, a millennial and I mean, if you have somebody that's a, a generation X and you want to. So I, I think it's OK that you talk with them and you have friends with them. But I think it's really important that you don't make your life changes basically what anyone else says. But right. it's real important that you never do it from someone who's not in your generation. So if you're saying, well, he does this or he says, well, you don't need to act like that. And I think that's what's I think that's what's messing everything up right now, because they're all feeling they could just do what they want or, oh, well, my brother does it. And he's like 10 years old. I mean, well, that doesn't mean it's right. And, and that's the biggest problem I see is that they're just it's, it's a respect issue. It's a culture issue. And I just really wished that our generations would more embrace each other rather than trying to be the heroes of each generation. I like that. That's that's well said, John. And I couldn't agree any anymore. You know, um, it, there is a lot of people trying to play hero ball nowadays instead of just trying to figure out, you know, uh, what their purpose is and, and just really trying to be within the respective generations. Yeah, I, I think that's important. And I think it's important not to prejudice like I said to you, whether no prejudice for any reason, but especially not for anything, but also not for generations. And and I think you have to understand the limitations of a generation and an age group, you know, to know what you can ask them to do and what not. And I think it comes down to a maturity level, Marcus. Um, I know when I was, was a lot younger, I was uh, grown up as an adult when I probably was in my teens because I had run my parents' business. And I think... That's a problem with a lot of people. They go and they get an internship. But you know what they want, Marcus? They want to get paid. Yeah. They don't want to really learn. So it's not easy. And I'm finding that a lot of the generations out there, there are a few that are good eggs. I will say that. But there's a lot that like, okay, what are you going to hand me? Well, what are you going to do? Well, I don't know. You're going to train me. You're going to teach me. And you're going to pay me, right? And you see, our culture has taught this, Marcus. You go work for a call center. Oh, well, we're going to pay you, and we're going to pay you while we train you. Why should we pay you while we train you? You're not able to do the job yet. Right? Right. So, so that's a serious problem. But we'll just have to see what happens. And then we also just told people to be careful when it comes to cryptocurrencies because a lot of hacking going on.
and make sure you're dealing with a legitimate company because a lot of these companies, they're anonymous and they could just disappear off the earth tomorrow. And so could your money. That's true. But we also talked about the Sony, some speaker that was coming out and it's $443 or 32,000 rupees. Expensive speaker. 25 hours of, of uh, time. That's That's a lot. I can think of a lot of other speakers that are not, they claim it's going to have some woofers in it and uh, tweeters, and it's going to give you surround sound. But I can think of a lot of other speakers that are better than $443, and it gives some killer sound. And has some lights on it, too. But anyway, that's pretty much you know where we're at. And, and I know we have to kind of wrap up. I was kind of waiting for you to come back in. So basically, that's where we're at, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, we had a pretty good show tonight. And I want you to encourage you that, you know, when you think about technology or you're thinking about something, think about what your strengths are. How can you help somebody else? And sometimes people don't want mentoring, but a lot of people do. And the good eggs are the ones that mentor others. The other good eggs are the ones that want to be mentees. If you find somebody who wants to be mentored, that's a good egg. You want somebody who wants to be a mentee, they're a good egg. So if they're coming to you as a mentee and you're a mentor and you have the skills and you have the time, I would tell you to pass it on because that person might just bring you insights to things that you didn't really see before. Well, we do need to wrap up our show, unfortunately. And uh, I do want to encourage you that if you have an idea for a show, to go to jmore.com, click on reach out us on the right-hand side, tell us about it. Um, we'll review your information. Remember, it has to be educational. It can't be a sales pitch. Or if you have a product you'd like us to unbox and review, go to our site as well. Let us know. We unbox and review lots of products. But like I've told you before, if you're looking for us to take your lemons and squeeze them in a lemonade, please just keep your product or throw it in the garbage because I'm not going to do you any favors. Uh, I had a light the other day I reviewed, and I gave it a very bad look. Um, it looked really nice, and I gave it a few points because it had good construction, but it had an expensive bulb, and it was no better than my LED in the ceiling. And every time you had to buy a light bulb, it was more than the fixture. That tells you you got the right, wrong product. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you've enjoyed uh, the Jay Moore Tech Talk show today. We have a great show coming up next week. We have some amazing authors. Uh, we have a gentleman coming up in September that is a master of remote killing. Wow. So we have some amazing guests coming up. And I think you're going to really enjoy some of those that are coming up in September. So, unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, I do have to say goodbye to everyone. I wish you guys a great weekend. Please share the content. And if this is resonating with you, tag some friends and let them know about the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show. Show us some love, okay? Have a great one, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Jaymore Weekly Technology Show, where we answer your questions about how technology is supposed to work and sometimes why you have challenges getting it to work that way. For more IT support and tips, just text IT support to 88811. That's IT support to 88811, and you'll get tips on technology. I'll see you next week right here 
on the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show. Remember, jmor.com. Don't let being treated for pain be a pain. Come to Downtown's Healthcare, 950 17th Street in Denver. Find out how to reduce pain naturally without surgery, without drugs. Call Downtown's Healthcare, 303 292 9992. Now in Lowry or downtown.